0: Well, if you have your Bibles, we're going to continue in a series called The Pathways of Victory. And today we're going to talk about celebration. This is a Mother's Day message. And uh, a lot of people think of Mother's Day and Father's Day as kind of hallmark holidays, right? They were created by uh, these card companies just to make money. And I want to say to you, uh, celebration was not discovered uh, by Hallmark, okay? It wasn't discovered uh, by a money-making corp- corporation. Celebration is something that is designed by God for the people of God. And uh, we're going to take some time uh, this this morning to understand what the gift of celebration really is uh, all about. Um, uh, we, As we have been talking about these pathways of victory, there's a very familiar psalm. And if you have your Bibles, you can turn to Psalm chapter 1 and then put a marker in the last chapter of Psalms, Psalm 150. Psalm 1 describes this in, in great detail, what it looks like to walk in victory. And by the way, um, by the end of this um, uh, sermon series, there will be a quiz I'll ask you to put your Bibles away, put out, take out your pen, and to recite Psalm 1. So by the end of this, you should be able to, to, to say it back to me. So now that you're really paying attention, knowing that there's going to be a quiz later, uh, let's, let's look at Psalm 1, verses 1 through 3. It says this, blessed is the man. How many of you want to be Blessed. Come on, we all want to be blessed and favored by God who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly nor stands in the path of sinners nor sits in the seat of the scornful but his delight is in the law of the Lord, the instruction of the Lord and in his law he meditates day and night He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth fruit in its season, whose leaf also does not wither, shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. Here we have this wonderful picture of a person who spends time in the presence of God through meditating on what God has given as instruction. We spent a couple weeks talking about what that is. Uh, and and what unlocks it? What unlocks all of of this blessing, all of this victory? It's the river of God's presence. We learn that God's presence, uh, in both Ezekiel and in Revelation twenty two, flows from God's throne, and in heaven it flows down Main Street. Doesn't look like a river on earth. God puts rivers in pathways that people walk on. And so what I want to suggest to you is that if we will discover these paved pathways that God says, position yourself here, grace will come, my presence will come, you will begin to look like the person of Psalm 1 who produces fruit in your lifetime, who your life makes a difference, who who the far reaches of your life is filled with grace, that's what it means when that word wither it means disgraced. It means it means their leaves they, they're not disgraced. They're full of grace. The far reaches of their life are full of grace. And they break out of harmful patterns. They they prosper in what they do. They are are not ones that are just doomed to repeat the the mistakes of the past. But they prosper. They break out. They're coming out of a holding pattern into God's designed purposes. And that happens, listen, not because of our willpower. We've got to abandon this idea, church, that these things, this kind of victory happens because of our mental makeup, our grit, our resolve. No. Real change happens in the life of a believer by grace through faith. You simply position yourself in these these paths paved by God. And you position yourself like in Psalm 1, meditation. That's the road. He says, if you'll just get there to that place and you begin to meditate, what's going to happen? A grace and a presence of God is going to come to you. And your life will be transformed transformed all you got to do is position yourself and today we're going to talk about another one of those paths called celebration by the way in case you were wondering celebration was not invented by cool in the Gang. (laughs) see none of the young people know what i'm talking about there's like one over there, some old school idea. Celebration was God's idea before they would ever sing that song, you know, in Times Square, year after year, celebrating a new year. It's God's idea. And if Psalm 1 includes this great description of victory, Psalm 150, by the end of the Psalms, you end up in what? Celebration. Come on, let's read Psalm 150 together, and you're going to see how this, what celebration should look like in the house of God. It says this, verse 1, praise the Lord. Notice, it doesn't give you a choice. Well, I'm not sure I like that psalm. That's not a Chris Tomlin psalm, so I'm not singing it. No, praise the Lord, it says. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in the mighty firmament. Praise him for his mighty acts. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. Praise him with the sound of the trumpet. Praise him with the lute and the harp. Praise him with the timbrel and the dance. Praise him with the stringed instruments and flutes. Praise Him with the loud cymbals behind the drum cage. Praise Him with clashing cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Come on, why don't we just, come on, why don't you just lift that up for a moment? No, you can do better than that. Let's celebrate Jesus. Lord, we celebrate you, Jesus. We praise you, Jesus. We give you glory, Jesus. Hallelujah. I tell you, you'll learn learn how to better celebrate your mom when you learn how to celebrate who God is. And this is a day of celebration. This is a day. And there's truth about celebration on this day where we're celebrating mothers that, that have both a spiritual implication and a practical application. We need to learn about celebration in the church again. We need to learn about it. You know, I came, I came from a, a background where the only emotion you ever showed in church, like it was a special Sunday where there were four-part harmonies. There was a southern gospel group that would come, four-part harmonies, and when they'd finished the final song, in my church growing up, you could not clap. That was not celebrated. You didn't do that. You couldn't even say amen. You had to say amen. (laughs) And so at the end of whatever harmony that they held out to the crescendo, when that ended, you know, the church in their excitement would just say amen. And as a child, I'm like, who's the man? (laughs) I don't know. And so there was, in the church, for a long time, religion tried to limit the expression of celebration, all while, well, <laughs> thank God, somebody's <laughs> testifying in the back, not here. <laughs> Hallelujah. But religion tries to do that, as if there's something more noble, a more noble place, and yet God chooses these different pathways of victory one of them being celebration to actually bring us into change did you know that celebration can change you well let's let's just talk a little bit about the truths about celebration first of all celebration is at the heart of christianity it's at the very heart Of following Christ. Jesus came to earth in a celebration. And boy, was it quite a scene. It was the first light show ever. (laughs) Remember the shepherds? They were out in the field tending the flocks. And the angel shows up. And then the angel says, don't be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. And then what happens? Then the heaven was filled with a multitude of heavenly hosts, and they were all singing, all shouting a grand celebration. I can imagine the sheep ran everywhere. But that's when Jesus came. It was what? A celebration. I'd like to suggest to you that even as he was approaching the cross, the the same joy... That was there when he came, he was saying, oh, hold on a moment. John 15, this is what he said to his disciples. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy, he says, my joy, he says, I have it. I'm going to the cross. I'm going to suffer. I'm going to die, be buried. Oh, but I'm saying these things, that my joy may remain in you, and that your joy, what, may be full you see, when joy gets expressed, it's called a celebration. It's called a celebration. Now, I, um, I'm, I'm not sure that most people here will have a background to understand what I am about to say. If you happen to be Jewish here today and understand a little bit about Jewish history, then this will really bless you. You see, Jesus' ministry wasn't just a ministry. It was, by his own declaration, a Jewish celebration. Now, you find out this right after he's, he's been baptized. The Spirit of God comes on him he goes back to his local synagogue and preaches his first sermon. It's found in Luke 4. And it says, he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah, and when he opened the book, he found the place where it was written, Isaiah 61, and said this, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the recovery of sight." to the blind set at liberty those who are oppressed to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Then he closed the book and gave it back to the attendant and sat down. And the eyes of all who were in the synagogue were fixed on him. And he began to say to them, Today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. You see, what you don't know is Isaiah 61 is the time when the people of God were coming out of exile. And Isaiah 61 was saying to the people of God, This begins jubilee for you. Jesus says, Jesus comes and the first thing he proclaims in his ministry is the most significant celebration in that happened every 50 years for Israel. Oh, I don't know if you know yet. You Gentiles are looking at me cross-eyed. I don't know if you know yet. You see, he announced that he was the Jubilee. You see you say, well, what's Jubilee? Jubilee is chase credit." and saying, "Honey, listen, I know you spent too much. For all these years, you've you spent way too much. Jubilee says, "I'm erasing all of your debt. Oh, you know that house you lost to bankruptcy? You're getting it back. Well, ain't no no happy people about all this. All right. (laughs) How about this one? For one year, you don't have to plant any crops. Why? Because God's going to rest the land, and he's going to bless you so much in advance. It carries you for multiple years. I don't know if you understand that a slave in this time became a free man. What Jesus was saying is that God could be trusted because he has provided everything we need and Jesus was that provision and the reason for celebration. Jesus is our jubilee. Celebration is the heart of believing in Jesus. Your debts are canceled. You're not a slave. You're free. That's reason to celebrate. That is reason. What you need to understand about celebration is that it actually gives you strength. It does. It brings you strength. You see, celebration brings joy into life, and joy makes you strong. Nehemiah 8.10, when Nehemiah says, he says, Go your way, eat the fat, drink the sweets and portions to those for whom nothing is prepared for this day is holy to our Lord. Do not sorrow, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. The joy of the Lord. Come on. You don't have to be so somber at church. You can actually smile. You ought to be happy. Remember, what are we after? The pathway of victory. What's the first word in Psalm 1? It's blessed, and its first definition is happy. Happy. You see, there are great examples in life, and today we're celebrating one. Mothers endure the pain of childbirth. Why? So that they could enter into the joy of motherhood. The joy of raising that child. Saying, "Listen, I, I I can actually endure this moment of pain, because I, I'm going to get to celebrate these children as they, they they are raised. There are maybe today you're not a mom here. Maybe uh, there's a newlywed, or maybe some soon to be newlyweds, and you know you struggle." probably through the first few years. Wait, I, I know. There's, if you're a newlywed, you're like, struggle? Not us. <laughs> Liar. <laughs> Liar. <laughs> you do. You struggle. You, you're getting used to them. You're like, wow, you know, I didn't know that about you before I lived with you. And you grow in, these, in, in this relationship. And what are you doing? You're actually going through those initial stages saying, you know what? We should really stick this out and love each other for who we are so that we can have the joy of a lifelong friendship, a lifelong companionship. I can remember when the first year of my marriage, my wife wanted to cook every day. It was awesome. However, every day, there would be a distraction right around the very end of whatever she was cooking. And usually she tried to, tried to add, she was always trying to bake some kind of bread of some kind. And if I came home and there was not smoke bellowing from <laughs> that apartment, I was in the wrong place. It was wonderful, we laughed about it, we threw more money straight in the trash than ever in that little 700 square foot apartment. Awesome. So all you newlyweds will say, oh no, that's not me, I'm going into my big 4-3 with a pool to start life. God help you. You go through those early years, I remember I, remember I came home one day and it was, the, it was just after Thanksgiving and my wife had set up a Christmas tree in that little apartment that we were in and I was mad. I'm like, honey, you put a Christmas tree in this place? You know I can change the soap in the bathroom from our bed? And you put a Christmas tree in this little place. I say, you know, that's like $100 a month of space just for that Christmas tree. <laughs> you know, but you, you, what do you do? You look back at those moments and you go, you know what? We, we were adjusting and we were growing. Why? Because we were looking forward to having that lifelong companionship that we could celebrate. And instead of just focusing on the negatives, we just celebrated life. We celebrated those, those moments. And I would say this for the parents who are here, who maybe you're in the season of raising teenagers. I promise you, one day, you know, one day in the future, a human being will emerge from them. <laughs> And great joy will overwhelm I'm just kidding, kids. I'm just kidding, kids. No, for real. We're praying for you. All right. Listen, we'll we all, we all celebrate. And so here you're in these tough moments, but it's in the tough moments that we have to celebrate. It's in these tough moments. Now, by the way, as, as a believer in Christ... We we are supposed to embrace the sobriety of the cross, by the way. We are supposed to embrace the the, the weightiness of the amazing gift of Christ suffering for us. Marred more than any other man. Beaten, pierced in his hands and feet and side. Crown of thorns, beard plucked out. We are. But while we are to embrace the sobriety of the cross, we are to live in the joy of the resurrection if you preach only the cross without the resurrection it's an incomplete gospel why because joy and celebration are central to our faith and that celebration brings us strength you see a joyful spirit it prevents these pathways of victory like meditation and prayer and worship that we'll be we'll be talking about in the days ahead a joyful spirit prevents them uh, from becoming dull death devices in you know for encumbering the religious let me give you the example if people are always just shouting at you pray more you need to pray I don't know about you, but I'm like, I just want to get away from you. I'm not like led into the place of prayer, you know? And while I believe that sometimes we need those wake-up calls and those, sh- those shakings in our spirit, we need to realize that if we would just simply position ourselves in those places and get a joyous spirit about us, then suddenly prayer doesn't become a job. It becomes a joy. And it's the place where you encounter God. And then you're thinking to yourself, I can't wait to get back to the place of prayer. I can't wait to get to that place. You see, every Christian discipline should be accompanied with joy. Why? Because the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy. Hello? Love, joy. Number two. But behind door number two. Joy. So you're starting to live in these pathways of victory and and God's doing this work in you. What's supposed to show up? Joy is supposed to show up. Why? Because the Spirit of God releases joy that leads to celebration as he releases grace to make us more like Christ. I don't know if you got that, but I'll, I'll try again. The Spirit of God, when you get born again, He comes and he moves in and he releases joy. And then when you position yourself in these places of grace, these pathways of victory, what happens? He releases grace to become more like Christ and then you begin to celebrate. Why? Because it's not a work that you worked on your own. It's a work that God worked in you. And you begin to celebrate what he's doing. You see, joy is like high octane in your personal devotion engine. And oh, isn't 93 so costly. <laughs> but what I will tell you is that it's worth it. And it may cost you a little time. And it may be, may be that where you have to make a, a, a slight adjustment in other areas. But your life runs better on joy. Celebration. Let me give you this. How does celebration really begin? For most people, it begins in obedience. It just begins in obedience. How many of you remember that that old hymn? Trust and obey, for there's no other way. To be happy in Jesus than to trust and obey. Right. So blessing and joy follow obedience. Celebration, listen, celebration oftentimes doesn't follow a feeling. Matter of fact, if you follow your feelings, your body is never going to tell you to get up early and pray. Some of you are looking at me, and and you're going, and that's why I don't. (laughs) And truthfully, celebration is much like that. Celebration uh, follows us just saying, no, I'm going to step in to celebrating who God is. I'm going to celebrate the people in my life. I'm going to celebrate the good things that God has done in my life. And I'm going to choose to celebrate. Listen, there was a moment when a woman shouted out to Jesus, celebrating Jesus' mother publicly to him. She said this. She said, blessed is the one who held you and nursed you. She shouted that out. Blessed is your mother. And Jesus shouted this back. More than that, blessed are those who hear the word of God and keep it. He's saying, listen, there is a blessing from Mary, and Mary is blessed among women. And listen, mothers are blessed, but I want to tell you there is a, a even a higher level of blessing. It's when the people of God step into these pathways of victory in obedience. And then you get God's grace flowing in your life. And you get God's presence flowing in your life. And suddenly you're becoming the man, the woman, the mother, the father that God created you to be. Not because you read a whole bunch of books and increased in knowledge. No. He changed you by His grace. See, obedience is what releases joy. Not titles or positions. And let me just say this to you. uh, Just thinking that you're just to come in here and celebrate a little more vigorously on a Sunday morning. And then go out and live whatever life you want to live outside in the world. And somehow, okay, well if I celebrate on Sunday then I can do my own thing Monday through Saturday. That is hollow that is, that is that, that's so far from the heart of God. It's artificial. You see, Jesus wants to power, powerfully redeem everything in our life. Our work, our play, our worship. And when he does those things, and when we step into those moments, it's like suddenly celebration seems appropriate we know this from the word james 122 says be doers of the word not hearers only deceiving yourself so when god says to celebrate we should So so joy is the end result of the disciplines functioning in our daily lives. God brings transformation to us personally and corporately. And we rejoice at the handiwork of God. Celebration ensues from God touching even the most common areas of our lives. God does want to touch people here today. Last night I had a dream and it was very profound. And I believe that there will probably be someone in each service that this applies to. Right before I awoke early this morning, I was in a hospital in a dream. And there was a person totally wrapped from head to toe like grave clothes. And they were they were in pain. They were, it was, it was not physical pain, it was emotional pain. And here they came, they, they came down this hallway of this, this hospital, and this person in grave clothes came and stood right in front of me. And then a caretaker came like a nurse. they wrapped their arms around them and they said they're in this condition because of the medication that they've been on for so long addressing the anxiety addressing these emotions that have taken over their thoughts And in that moment in the dream, the caretaker reached an arm around this person. And this person in the dream I knew immediately was loved and set free in Jubilee. Listen to me today. I'm here in this moment talking about celebration, but somebody under the sound of my voice, what you're wrapped up in doesn't feel like anything to celebrate. But I've got good news. You've come to a hospital today, and the great physician, his name is Jesus. And if you're here today and you are bound and you have been like from one pill bottle to the next trying to cope with thoughts that are out of control and unreasonable racing of your emotions, I am here to declare to you that on this Mother's Day, there is coming a miracle to you. There is coming a breakthrough to you before i go on i just i just want you to close your eyes and just for a moment i feel the presence of god so strong right now father i don't know who that is today but lord they know and you know and lord they're wrapped in the grave clothes and have been bound in anxiety and fear, Lord, to the point, Lord, where the only thing that gets them through is the, is the prescription, God. And I pray in the name of Jesus that today the chains would fall. That jubilee would come through Christ. And Lord, that you would grant to them, Lord, the grace to celebrate your work and your freedom, God. I pray today the grace... Clothes come off, Lord, and freedom, Lord, manifest in them. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. You see, I got to tell you. At the end of third service, I will be celebrating. You know why? Because I did what God told me to do. Even if it doesn't fit on Mother's Day. Even if it seems a little out of sorts. It's when you obey, and when you step into these moments of celebration that you can really genuinely say, wow, these messages, they have, they have a, a spiritual implication, but they also have a practical application, a very practical application when it comes to celebration. And how could you apply this like, to mothers, especially on Mother's Day? What's a practical ap- application? How do you celebrate with moms? I'm going to tell you how you celebrate. Let me give you just a few things that you can do to celebrate, just in practical ways. And by the way, there's a spiritual truth connected to this, so you should hear this. You should worship with your mom. If she's already gone on to heaven and she's standing in the stands cheering you on, listen, when you come into these worship services, I promise you, they're looking down as a great cloud of witnesses saying, lay aside every weight, lay it down in worship. They're celebrating. You need to, you need to determine, say, listen, I, there's one way I can celebrate. It. I'm going to worship. I'm going to worship with them. I know a lot of moms who say, listen, all I want for Mother's Day is for you to come to church. So I'm glad you came. Let me just give you some other ones here on Mother's Day. Since on Mother's Day we usually bless moms and ignore the men, this one's for you. How about this? On Mother's Day, dance. All the women are like, "Huh," all the men are like, "Mmm." <laughs> you see, when when the Jewish people would come together and and they were they were coming into feast times, they're dancing, they're celebrating, and on there there's just sometimes you just need to have a childlike heart. Amen. Amen. And I I don't like it either, but I'm going to do it. You need to just dance and celebrate, and just say, "Hey, you know what? This would be a great time." How about this? Boy, we could we could put Hallmark out of business if we just grab hold of this truth. Let me give you this practical thing. How do you celebrate? Create. Create. You know, moms really love it when. Our kids take the time to take the construction paper and the Elmer's glue. And somewhere, buried in a box somewhere, is something from years ago. By the way, they threw away all of the $5 Hallmark cards. But that $0.15 piece of paper with the glue outside the lines and crayons, that one they have. And can I tell you that that when you decide to create for the people that you love, it leads a lasting impact that carries them through every season. Let me step back over into the spiritual world here for a moment. There are times on this planet that are dark, deep, and weighty and if you want to learn how to celebrate create songwriters we need you writing songs we need you in the dark hours listen those who could paint and those who could write and those 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 people who have those creative minds you must create in those moments why because celebration is appropriate in every season create this one's simple is just be thankful for small things that's really how you can begin to say okay this is how a life of celebration can begin to really manifest for me i'm going to be thankful for small things i think we're really good at seeing what we don't possess Rather than taking inventory of what we already do. And thanksgiving, I believe, is the key to mental health in the last hour. And an unthankful people will be a troubled people. But people who are thankful for what God has already done, already provided. Those are the people who can celebrate in a very trying hour. How about this one? Laugh. You should laugh. Just do something funny. (laughs) Laugh. Plan accordingly. By the way, that's what Nehemiah said. You feel like groaning right now. You feel like crying. Don't do it. He says, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Laughter's like health to your bones. Did you know that? And by the way, God planned all of these these celebrations annually. So the people of God, now some of the days were somber and connected to repentance, but most of them were celebrations. That means on the calendar, the Jewish people could look at it and go, we are going to laugh right there. So you need to understand that in a time of celebration, you want to you really celebrate the important people in your life? Laugh. You want to really celebrate the most important one who has ever come to this planet? You ought to live in the joy of the Lord. You ought to laugh from time to time and just think, wow, I used to be a complete idiot. <laughs> but Jesus set me free. <laughs> Oh, and you ought to just laugh. I want to just, on behalf of mothers today, say there would be one real reason for mothers to celebrate in this place. And I believe it's the heart of every believing mother for their children. And that is that their children would know the saving grace that only comes through Jesus To know that you're living for God. And that when they breathe their last, they will see you again. That would cause your mama to celebrate right now. Matter of fact, if your mama's in heaven. And you made that decision today. My Bible tells me every time someone turns to God through Christ. There's a celebration that happens in heaven. Heaven rejoices when one turns to God. And I want to I I tell you, if you really want moms to celebrate on a day where they're being celebrated, give your life wholly to God through Christ. Surrender to Him. Be forgiven of your sins. Receive the new life that is only in Him. And then you will understand why believers celebrate.